welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio, a bi-weekly podcast devoted to examining successful marketing strategies driving new business development at law firms from the largest international firm to the solo attorney. In every episode, you'll find actionable takeaways that you can implement immediately. The podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio with a core focus on the legal industry. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of the Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, I am joined by Frank Francis, an attorney at Severance, Burko, Spalter, and Masoni, and Chris Tuleski, an attorney at Tolmage, Peskin, Harris, and Fallick. In addition to his work at Severance Burko, Frank co-chairs the Brooklyn Bar Association Young Lawyers Section, is the Hispanic Bar Association's Deputy President, and is Vice President of Legal, the New York LGBT Association. Chris, in addition to his work at Tolmage Peskin, is co-chair of the New York County Lawyers Association Young Lawyers Section and an active member of the New York State Trial Lawyers Association and the American Association for Justice. Frank, Chris, welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio. Thank you. Thanks. I just wanted to start really briefly the evolution of how, of how you guys have seen what it means to be a lawyer. I think for law school, a lot of students go in not knowing what they want to do or having a, a false perception of what they want to do. And a lot of it is chance. A lot of it is market. A lot of it is you take a class you didn't realize you were going to love. And you might go in thinking one thing, and I'm going to do this, this, and that. And you take one seminar your second year and realize, wow, I'm, I want to go down this direction. Or you have a mentor or a professor that really kind of takes you under that proverbial wing and puts you on a path you didn't quite realize you were going to do. Also with law school, there are a lot of clinics you know, moot court, the other extra correct, correct activities that kind of guide you and kind of may shape who and what you want to be as an attorney. But a lot of it is also market force. After law school, uh, I graduated in 2009, I think a lot of us didn't know where the market was going. There was certainly a contraction. There was certainly a glut of attorneys, unfortunately. And a lot of us had to rethink what we were going to do. And it led us to different places, uh, good and bad. I think for me, uh, I ended up working at the Transit Authority after school. So I ended up working in the field I'm in now, workers' compensation. The expectation is why I thought I was going to go into criminal. And that just didn't end up happening. That's not what ended up happening. But keep an open mind. And, you know, after law school, you'll you'll find where you end up. It's a lot of it is chance. A lot of it is just what's available uh, on the market. So I think we should start this off by making it clear that Frank and I haven't been practicing law for 30 years. We're relatively new lawyers. And I feel like to a certain extent, you have to track your progress in order to know where you want to end up. So just like Frank was saying, you start on on this path and by chance you end up somewhere in your career path. And then you you can kind of look at that path and say, okay, this is where I am now. This is where people who have been doing this for a long time are now. And for me, I've I've looked around at other attorneys who who practice, you know, personal injury and medical malpractice, the field that I'm in, to see where they are, where their law firms are. And by looking at that, I can say, oh, I want to do what I want to be where this person is in 30 years. Feel like in law school that being a lawyer was going to be a lot of reading, a lot of writing, maybe going to court if you end up having a trial practice, and would be pretty straightforward, just reading, writing, being a lawyer. And then I found in actual practice that there's a lot more that goes into it than just the law. You have clients that you have to speak with. 
being a being an attorney in some aspects when you have a client is more like customer service than it is being a lawyer and they don't really tell you that in law school and getting out there and building a book of business which is also something you're not trained for going into the the profession so for me there was a lot of things that they don't really tell you about in law school and don't really train you for in law school that when you actually start going into practice you have to rely on all these new skills that you may have not encountered before if you went straight through from say college to law school. I guess for me it's more about balance and figure out who and what you want to be as a professional, as an attorney, and also your personal life. The I'm slightly older than Chris. I graduated in 2009. You know, I look at people in other fields, I look at how much time people have to devote to their Profession, compare that to their personal life, uh, where they are in terms of marriage or relationships, children, all of those come into play. And I think for me, being in a small practice, the importance of balance is coming in. How much time do I vote towards growing my practice, being out there, marketing myself, et cetera, building that book, as well as spending that time to be a good attorney at the same time? You can't just be a a proverbial rainmaker. You need to always be developing your craft, always be abreast of the law, the practical changes, as well as the legal changes. Finding that balance is tough. Finding an industry or an area of law where you can do that is is a challenge. But I think the first thing someone has to do is really identify what they they have, what they bring to the table, and what they are not going to sacrifice. What are the non-negotiables in your life? Some people, depending on where they are age-wise, can work till four in the morning. That's something everyone has to ask themselves. And they also have to ask themselves, how long are they going to be able to sustain that and not burn out? You, you, you see people, unfortunately, in this field who do you know, overdo it, uh, who can't find that balance between life and work and bringing in business as well as maintaining being uh, the kind of attorney your clients want you and need you to be, what your goals are. You know, in those answers, you both started getting into some of the selling that you're starting to do. I'm curious how that process of either realizing that you had to start selling or whether they the firm told you explicitly or whether it was just subtle hints that started getting dropped, you know, and, and where you turned first, how, how you're starting to, to do that. Uh, for me, I started geographically, Brooklyn Bar Association, uh, live in Brooklyn, practices in Brooklyn, was introduced to uh, one of the former co-chairs. And that's how I got involved. And, you know, I think you got to start one place. You know, you're young. Let's say you're in year two, three, four. Start somewhere simple, somewhere that you have the time to do it. And get to know those people and get start listening and watching what they do. For myself, it's similar to Frank that geographical location had some some plot part in it. Um, my, my office is right next door to the New York County Lawyers Association. And I was a member. I saw that they had events. I said, oh, I could just walk right next door after work. Sure, I'll check this out. And the more and more they had events that I saw and was interested in, the more I attended and the more I got involved and started meeting people. Um, so I think to a certain extent, bar, you know, without your law firm telling you exactly where to go or what bar association to join or what you should be doing, Sometimes convenience just plays a, a big role in in your path and to say, oh, this is easier for me to do than, you know, take a train for an hour to this event. I could just walk next door. So I think that has has its 
part in it as well. Something I've also noticed, you've mentioned at least twice and maybe three times your previous life as a musician, right? It's something that you put in your bio on the webpage, if I'm not wrong. Absolutely. When I talk about, when I think of personal branding, I think of it primarily as who am I? What do I stand for? You know, and how do I express that? Um, and in what way can I set myself apart from other people, right? For me, your brand is your reputa- reputation. It's everything you do. So this is, I, if people get one takeaway from today, for, for young lawyers especially, but I think this relates to for more seasoned attorneys as well, as I learned very early on in my career to be myself and to be okay with being myself and be and not be afraid of that. When I was in law school, I didn't tell anybody I was a musician. I was afraid of it. I thought it would, you know, I played rock and roll and was I thought it would make my reputation be tarnished for some reason. Um my I was about 2 years uh into it uh at my law firm that I'm at now where the managing partner said yeah somebody told me that you 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 you're a musician you play, what do you play so i said yeah you know i, I play and I was very very nervous and i tell him that and he sits back in his chair and he goes chris that's fabulous i you know music teaches you discipline it you know it makes you more of a creative person and it's it makes you interesting you should be telling every single person you know that you used to be a musician when you when you meet them this makes you interesting to people that's you know be who you are and after he said that and i later found out his his wife is a musician but after hearing that my shoulders probably dropped down two inches my tension went away and i said wow it's okay I can be myself. I had somebody who encouraged me to be myself. And I'd say to anybody out there, when they're thinking about any of this with bar associations or with their own brand or how they want to, what type of a lawyer or what kind of a person they want to be as a lawyer, they should be themselves and be true to that. And they're going to be okay. That's uh, just, you know, a little bit more concrete. You know, what resources have you guys found most useful in learning to sell or starting to develop your own approach to selling your services? Because I know it's a, you know, professional services of any kind are are not easy to sell and the legal industry has its own particular challenges in doing so. Um, So I'm curious, you know, as you've been working on this, you know, what has been the most useful resource for you, whether it's inside your firm, you know, a partner who's provided mentorship or whether it's someone at a trade association or a particular vendor who's provided an insight, you know, where, where have you guys turned to find this and, and what's been, has there been a particular epiphany perhaps, or just something that's most useful? I think it depends on what you do. Um, I can speak from my own experience. I'm in a small plaintiff side firm where Active participation and networking is part of the job. Uh, so that was made acutely aware to me uh, right around my second year. You know, after I got through that bumpy phase of I got to learn, um, I think we realized, or at least I personally realized, if you know, if I wanted to grow, uh, not just be a good worker for someone else, but really grow as an attorney both uh, in terms of building your practice as well as becoming a better attorney for the clients you're bringing in, uh, you have to reach out and figure out where you're going to uh, build a practice. Now, there's a lot of different routes you can take. 
I've personally chosen other attorneys, other in the bar associations, because that's where I feel most comfortable in. People my age, similar field, people I feel comfortable with, people who have become my genuine friends over the years. Um, these are these are the relationships I want to build. No, but every industry is different. So I don't want to speak to anyone else's, but kind of evaluate that and do some mapping out, do some planning. Who, you know, who are the people that seem to be bringing in business? What are they doing? Watch them. And, it, and the answer may not be as easy as it look. I think there's sometimes perception with the quote unquote rainmakers that they leave, they leave work at four o'clock and they're at the golf course all day. Uh, what you're not seeing though, are the midnight phone calls. They are in constant contact with their clients, especially the clients that they bring in. I think an error that young associates make is you bring in a client, you bring in a case, a business, whatever field you're in and boom, great. You got something, you get a little check in your portfolio, um, whether it means, you know, however that gets tracked, but leading why I think the most important thing is once you have that client there, are you, you know, if you only have one client to your name, that client's your baby, you know, you know, nurture the baby, feed the baby, make sure the client is happy, make sure that they have realistic expectations of their case, of your work product. Your first case might be terrible. It might be, you know, barely within a statute of limitations and, for me, it's a medical evidence issue. I'm like, this this case may not be a winner, but I'm going to give it as much as I can. And setting those expectations with clients is really what the pros do. And that took me a long time to figure out. And I'm still figuring it out. You know, it looks, e- it's everything in life is easier said than done. But what I've noticed over the years is those people that really are bringing business, they make it look easy. It's not. Um, it takes a lot of extra work to be able to do that. Um, and a lot of it is just client communication and doing the best you can for them. So outside of the firm in a, to help your, your legal career, I think there's a lot of bar specific associations for myself and Frank, the New York state trial lawyers association is very helpful with issues that are within our field, um, that we specifically deal with. Um, but outside of, you know, whether it's a, you know, an accounting Bar association for you know, or a group that deals with business uh, transactions and mergers and acquisitions, something like that. There's bar associations that are more general and have a larger scope, and I like those groups as well because they. We were talking about benchmarking your career earlier, and you you meet people your age, or they've been out of uh, out in practice for the same amount of year of years as yourself, and. You can kind of see what they're doing and what you're doing and kind of make some comparisons to see where you fit amongst your peers. And that's very hard to do within your own law firm because you can see you kind of lose the the forest for the trees, so to speak. It's nice to uh, meet people in other areas because they also when you're when you're out there and you do marketing and you know people, they ask you, they, they hear that you're an attorney and they just assume that you can do every area of law when in most cases in in our market in New York, that's rarely the case. Um, So you're able to also build relationships with attorneys, begin to know, like, and trust those people. And you can send, you know, friends or family or whoever's reaching out to you for advice in a field, you know, absolutely nothing about. And you can say, I, I don't do this, but I have a, you know, a friend who does this every day. You should go speak with to them. 
without naming groups or associations or, or things like that, I'd, I'll say that selling, networking, marketing yourself is something that you have to practice. It's just like playing piano. If you put in the hours and you learn the keys and you learn the, the scales, you're going to start getting better at piano. But you have to practice and you have to practice all the time. So the more you the more you do it and get out there to events to where people are going to say, hey, what do you do? And you have to be able to respond to that and have something that's you know, somewhat intelligible and maybe interesting even. And you have to be able to to listen and those events because you'll see how other people at events like this, there's there's the one person who's always running around with like a chicken with their head cut off, just passing out cards, saying their name, passing out cards and running, and you have no idea what they do or who they are, but you they passed a card. And then you have people who go to those events, maybe, you know, have a glass of water or have a drink and leave without talking to anybody. And then, you know, you, and you, you strike up different conversations with different people and you see how they present themselves and you watch how selling works. And then you practice those methods. I think it's similar to also, you know, you, you watch a a great pianist and then you learn how to baby steps your way up to hopefully doing what, you know, what they do. So it's a lot of, again, watching and learning and practice. And to piggyback off that, it's also incredibly nerve-wracking in the beginning. And that's why I would tell anyone just starting off, it's it's like being the new kid in high school. You're going to go into a room with a bunch of attorneys, uh, many of them who are seasoned. It's Everyone seems to be friends with everyone else. You have to just suspend all those conventions and those self-doubts and just say, look, I'm here probably for a very similar reason as everyone else. And like I said before, start small, make one relationship um, in one bar association. And then from there, figure out who are the active members. Ask. You can say, you know, who who's the co-chair of the Young Lawyers Division? Who's the chair of, uh, let's say you do immigration? Who's the, who's the person that does immigration? Find out who they are. Most people are more than willing to make a contact, whether it be email or at the event themselves. But really, it's just practice, practice, practice. It gets easier in some ways. And in some ways, it doesn't get any easier. When you don't know anyone in a room, you know, it's it's still you have to take that leap of faith and be uncomfortable and, you know, trust your instincts and put yourself out there. And it, it gets better over time. Uh, but as, you know, we walk into some of these rooms and we know a lot of people there just because we're both active members of various bars. But, you know, I kind of always feel for the new kid in there and never be afraid to just talk to someone that, you know, looks about your age or talk to someone that doesn't look like they're talking to anyone or old trick I learned, you know, if you're online to get a drink or a snack at the buffet table, whatever it is, that's a good time to talk to someone. You're both standing there. You're both waiting. Strike up a conversation, make a joke, be, you know, push yourself a little. And uh, again, more like getting a little off topic, but uh, if you, let's say you're not that kind of extrovert, you're not someone that's going to ever be comfortable getting into the gauntlet, then that's not for you. But look for other legal events, a dinner, a panel, a CLE. CLE is a great one. Uh, That's another tip I learned. CLEs, you know, it's structured. You don't need to talk to a lot of people, but you're going to, it's something you have to do. 
if it's in, you know, let's say it's in your area, you know, you're going to learn something substantive that you can bring to your practice that you might impress someone or a judge at court the next day. You know, linger around a little bit afterwards. Uh, maybe talk to the speaker. The speakers love doing that. That's what they're there for. They're they're doing CLEs to promote their brand and what they do. And they may not be giving you a hard sell. It's like I'm so and so. I do this. Call me at this number. But you know, tell them you enjoyed the speech. Or if you have a, leg- a question, follow up with that. They're more than happy to work to work out. So, kind of tie all this together is figure out what kind of person you are, what you're comfortable with, and find places where you can uh, be strong with your skill set, with your personality. Another another tip that I've learned in those types of situations when you feel like the wallflower at the high school dance is you could sidestep all of that feeling of walking into a room where you don't know anybody by bringing somebody with you, bring a friend, bring another attorney, bring somebody at your firm. It's when you're in a group of two or three people, a lot of times people just come up to you and start talking and all of a sudden that problem disappears. I think there's something else to we should mention in there is with especially when it comes to like bar associations or, or things like that, being active is more important than what you're in, in my opinion at least, is that you can be you can pay the dues. All you have to do to join a bar association is submit an application and pay a fee most of the time. You can be a member of 500 groups, but if you don't do anything with them, you never go to meetings, you never see anybody, it does nothing than make your LinkedIn profile longer. But if you're a member of just one group and you're contributing, you're active, you're going to make connections, you're going to meet people, and over time, it's going to be more helpful for you than spreading yourself too thin. I mean, a lot of the focus that you guys have really had here is on networking. Do you guys have any other channels that you use, whether that's you know, expert positioning online or other digital tools, other digital strategies or speaking engagements, things like that. Are are there any other ways that you guys, aside from sort of networking within the industry or Chris, I know you do some, some business to business type networking groups also. So I think as a, as an attorney meeting a bunch of other attorneys and networking and there is great, but I also think that you're never going to meet anybody else besides attorneys if you do that. And it's nice to know a, a vast group of different professions and different types of people from different walks of life. Because those people also need attorneys and have people who need, you know, need attorneys. And in that sense, you can follow your interests. I like meeting people from all walks of life and talking to different types of people. If you're interested in charity work or a certain sport or a certain organization, join that and you're going to meet a, a bunch of people that way as well. Any digital strategies, anything else other than than the real world? Absolutely. I think that you can be in various publications, whether that you're being in, you know, some attorneys are on the news every, uh, every day. Some attorneys are publishing themselves, you know, getting published in law journals, online content marketing as well. Um, and I think it's, it's uh, also a, good way to put yourself out there. I I recently published something and I was surprised how many attorneys, some very seasoned attorneys who I I know of but don't know personally emailed me saying, "Hey, this was this was great. This was a helpful thing." And I thought to myself, "Wow, these these people who are attorneys that are very well known and recognized are taking the time to email me. So now I'm starting to read articles and I just sent, I'll send an email and say, I really enjoyed this, or maybe I'll have a follow-up question. And that's also a way to kind of 
get your foot in the door with other attorneys and and other professions? I think for me personally, you know, that's that honest conversation I have to have with myself. My personality is more making relationships with other people. I know lots of attorneys who excel at being on their online presence, at publishing, whether it be within a bar association, whether it's posting on a blog, whether it's doing events like this, uh, being part of the legal community, not necessarily the traditional bar association. I think you have to really figure out what works for you. Some people thrive and maintain a huge practice just off of internet and social media and yeah, you know, it kind of also depends what practice area you're in. Depends, you know, if if you're doing entertainment law, that's obvious you're going to be doing those things. But you also have to kind of understand what your field does. My field a little less so, just because of the nature of it. You know, who which clients we're trying to develop and you know where the cases come from. But those are great tools. And I also say if that's something that you're interested in doing, becoming more involved in, find someone that does it. Reach out to them. They, I'm sure, are more than happy to talk to you privately. You mentioned in that answer that different practice areas are going to market a little bit differently. One part of that is that it's also going to depend upon the firm. You know, different firms are going to market differently. They're going to want you to engage differently. I'm curious how you guys have navigated getting the support you need from the firm. I imagine that most firms want to be supportive. You know, how do you find out what resources are available and how do you take advantage of them? Listening to what the partners are saying, you know, they will give those subtle hints out there, some more obvious than others. Also, finding something small and starting there and, you know, go to a meeting once every couple months. You know, the, the meetings aren't every month usually, they're once every couple months. Maybe start planning an event and let the partner or the senior associate who's in charge of, uh, being involved, know like, oh, I'm doing those things. And that's when you start asking for. Don't be afraid to ask, but do the preliminary work. Figure out what works for you. Start small, start focused. That's a big leap of faith to go from being just a worker bee in your first couple of years, someone that whose sole purpose is to earn for others. Uh, that's what you want to get out of. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's how you build yourself. And to find something that you can take to a partner or whomever is in charge and say, look, I've been getting involved with this group. You know, I've met the following people. This person mentioned they have a case for me. This person mentioned they might be helpful in this aspect of what we do. Taking that leap and say, make a presentation, make the time to say, partner, I, I'm i doing this. I'm involved with this. You know, what is it possible that the dues are paid for? Is it possible that we maybe sign up on an event or co-sponsor something? Or it doesn't have to always be money. It could be time. Uh, there's this luncheon. Uh, there's this whatever it is. It's a tough thing to ask for. Be prepared to make the case to make your ask. Be prepared to say, this is what I think this will be. The partners almost always will be grateful. They want to see that. And I think they get lost in their own world. Their lives, their jobs are very difficult. Their jobs aren't just to train you to become lawyers, but they're also handling all the business aspects. So they may not see your potential yet. Don't be afraid to show them that your your potential, what your potential is, that you're willing to take some risk, willing to be out there. Like I said, start small. Most places will be supportive of that. And as another caveat, if you find a lot of resistance, if you're in a place that doesn't seem to want to help you develop, that won't give you time off to do things, that won't let you, you know, get to that next level where they are, 
keep that in the back of your mind as, is this a long-term solution for me? Is this where I need to be right now with what I want to do? Going back to kind of what we spoke about earlier, you find the people within your firm that hopefully you're, you look up to and you see what they're doing and they're involved in, in this, that, the other, and then ask them questions about it. Be curious and listen and see what they did or what they're doing and how what they did to get there. Um, and I think starting, that's a good entryway to develop, one, developing that relationship, but also starting that path for yourself to where they genuinely want to help you get there too. At the end of the day, the bottom line is do your work first. You know, these, these are extracurriculars, especially when you're a young lawyer and you're kind of just starting off in the practice, do your work, do good work. And then hopefully you're at a firm where you have some time in the evenings to go do something, whether that is taking a couple hours and writing an article about something that you've been researching that's a new issue in your practice area, or maybe it's going to an event. But first things first is you do your work and then you find those, if you're doing good work and you see something out there, that's when you can start taking advantage of that. And the attorneys are probably are most likely going to know that there's going to be a return on investment for somebody who is dedicated and wants to do these things because at the end of the day too, that's what matters in building up your reputation outside of your firm is wanting to build your reputation outside of the firm. And that drive carries you there. So I want to just close here. I wonder if you guys could each sum up just one or two things that you think are most important for taking the first steps in terms of starting to build your own book of business. Well, what Chris was just saying, make sure you're in a solid place to begin with. Make sure that your work is good. Uh, Make sure that you have the time to do this and to do it well, because you're going to have to start asking people for things, money and time, two commodities, and as well as you're going to start giving up your own personal time. So make sure you're at a point where you feel your work is good and strong, and it's what you could deliver to a client. Because without that, if you just ask for things, and you might get them, you might not. It might lead to something, it might not. But you're diminishing your value if you're not putting in good work, good legal work, and then asking for all these other things. You know, the two, both things have to be there. So be at a place where you can do this and be focused on what you do. Start start small and grow from there. I would say be yourself, be confident in yourself, and then dive right in. The water's great. Well, Chris, Frank, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And Chris, also, thank you for hosting us here at Tolmage Peskin. Anytime. And thank you to our listeners who've joined us for this episode. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. The Legal Marketing Studio can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Extended content, including photographs and links, can be found on our website, legalmarketing.studio. Note that there's no .com. It is just legalmarketing.studio. The Legal Marketing Studio is a production of Picture More Business, a full-service corporate photography studio focused on the legal industry, based in Brooklyn, New York, and working with clients nationally. If your firm is updating its website, hiring new attorneys, or revamping its brand and marketing materials, give us a call. We'd love to explore collaborative opportunities. More information can be found at picturemorebusiness.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. 